welcome everybody to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. I'm Brian Bonaparte. And we are back. We're recording uh, today, Tuesday, May 30th. It is currently 8.16 p.m. We are just about 27 hours away from the deadline um, when Zach Eady has to determine if he is coming back to Purdue or if he's staying in the NBA draft. So that is what we wanted to talk about today. Going to give you some final predictions on what we think. Um, but before we do that, I had sent out a request for mailbag questions uh, before last week's podcast, and I got one that I think is relevant to the discussion, so I wanted to start that out at the top. And this is from uh, Jake uh, Grimmelspacher, uh on Twitter, at J-G-R-E-M-E-L-S. Um, he says, question for the mailbag. We've all seen the video of Edie's pro workout by now. He clearly has a nice-looking jumper. If he comes back and can just be semi-competent at hitting jump shots, it would be malpractice not to to see some pick-and-pop next year, right? It would add a completely different dynamic to the offense. Most people I've mentioned this to say that Painter is too stubborn and would just say something like, why would we take away touches on the block for the most efficient player in the country? Which definitely sounds like something he'd say, admittedly. So, what do you guys say? So, do we think that should Edie come back, that Painter will allow him to expand his offensive game next season? Or, like the naysayers to this gentleman say, why would you take away shots from the lower block? I think Matt Painter will allow it at first, but it's a lot different taking a jump shot on an open court than... And it is in a full game situation. We all know that. Yeah. So I think Matt Painter will allow it. See, hey, you know, if he's got an extra tool in his toolbox, amazing. If not, we're going to go and do the things that we know Zach Eady is the best in the country at doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I understand where the people who are naysayers in this question come from. Because when you've got a guy who's shooting 60% from the block why would you pull him away from the basket and say, you know, shoot a 10-footer now, a 12-footer now, whatever it may be, um, which is obviously going to be a lower percentage shot when you can, you know, have him camp out two feet from the basket, get layups, get those baby hooks, get dunks, um, which obviously are much higher percentage. But I think what those people are missing is that Painter really cares about the guys he recruits. He cares about them as individuals. He cares about their success long-term. And I think if Edie comes back, which we'll get to uh, in the second half here, if he comes back and he is told by the NBA folks, you know, we really need to see you do a little more on offense. We need to show, we need to see that you can expand your game, that you can hit some jumpers because that's what the NBA game is. Painter will give him that opportunity. I have no doubt. Um, You saw it. You know, with uh, a couple guys who came back, um, I want to say it was um, Carson Edwards because he went through the process, if I'm remembering correctly, and was kind of told he needed to be able to handle the ball more. Um, so you saw Painter put the ball in his hands and allow him to make decisions. Um, Jawan Johnson went through the the process, came back, and he was able to shoot more jumpers once he came back. Obviously, he's a much different kind of player than Edie, um, but they play at a, sa- at a at the same position. And Painter allowed him to expand his game and take longer jump shots uh, from time to time. And I think while it won't be all we'll see from Edie, it'll certainly be an extra facet to his game. Yeah, that's 
definitely fair. And especially at points in the season where you almost think if it's relaxed, let Edie take some jump shots so he's not getting absolutely murdered down low. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it, it will add an extra wrinkle to the offense for Purdue, but also it gives the defense something that they have to prepare for, which can make all the difference in the world for the rest of the squad, especially if Purdue actually has somebody who can drive to the basket. Then if you clear Edie out of the lane, it's something that they have to respect rather than, hey, we know he's not going to shoot. They're just clearing out the lane to try to get their guy um, a better path. So that, I think, is is another added dimension. And it also reminds me of uh, Nemanja Chalasan. Chalasan? I... It's been so long, I can barely remember how to say his name. Um, who, you know, was at Purdue and wanted to shoot the three so badly to show that he could do it um, to go back over and play in Europe. And Painter basically was like, look, you can shoot one, and if you make it, you can shoot another. If you miss, you're done for the game. Um, mm-hmm. And he pretty much held to that throughout the entire season. Um, and Nemanja was a great addition to that Purdue squad um, with the baby boilers. You know, one of the one of the most fun guys out there uh, on that squad. So Painter loves his guys. Painter will do what he has to to let them succeed. Um, sometimes I think maybe to a fault, but he wants his guys to to expand their abilities, expand their skill set, and have the most success they can once they leave Purdue. And if this is what um, Zach Eadie needs to do, I would I would put a lot of money on Matt Painter allowing him to do it. Uh Yeah, so there we go. Um, So we are going to take a break, come back, and talk about the decision. And we are back. So it is now 8.23, still on Tuesday the 30th. So we are 27 and a half hours away from decision time. Um, I, I keep saying the time because we could literally be recording this, and there could be an alert at any moment that he's either coming back or he's gone. Um, There's, you know... It's not as if he has to wait until tomorrow at 11.59, but ha- before we get into predictions of whether you think he's going to stay or go, when do you expect a decision? Whenever the fax machines work, then I'm <laughs> back. That's you, all we want. As we a want Chicago fan, you would say that, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I if it's not somewhere in the midnight middle of the evening today like right around now if not now i would expect sometime earlier tomorrow so mid-morning okay i i'm thinking uh, yeah i mean i we're we're taking stabs in the dark here um i'm thinking mid-afternoon that way uh it just it gives folks time to drink it all in while they're at work and the content machine can then churn uh and have stuff out by the evening so right. I, I don't know. I mean, what what has to be running through his head right now? I mean, do you think he's made a decision and simply hasn't announced it? Or do you think he's going back and forth uh, still trying to decide this? I think, honestly, I feel like Zach had a decision made a while back. You do? It's just one of those things where you kind of know by heart, and it's very difficult to sway your decision when you go and enter this draft process. Just because you really, you kind of know if you're going to be valued high enough 
to where you want to be. So it's not like you're going to go into the process and say, oh, we're actually going to take you in the top five. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I think Zach had like, I think it was like a 90 10 situation. Like he knew what he was going to do, but you know, there's always that one little sliver that can sway you. And us as fans, we're trying to figure out which way it c- could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it only takes one team mm-hmm. to, to, to come up to him during a workout or he works out for them and they say, look, we're going to take you. We have, you know, the 28th pick in the first round or we have the second pick in the second round. We are going to take you if you're still on the board. But if you only hear that from one team and you're not hearing from any other teams, is that good enough? Because, right. you know, there's no guarantee that what they're saying is accurate. There's no guaranteeing that something might not change uh, in the interim, and it is an awful lot to risk on you know one team or two. And um, reports are that that Edie got two uh, individual workouts with two different teams, uh, the Boston Celtics being one. And offhand, I cannot remember the second one, um, but that is not a lot of individual workouts. That's not a lot of you know one on ones with GMs, with with scouts, with with folks who are really the ones making those decisions. So. That is, is to me, one of the things that points me to the fact that he may be more likely to return than to stay in the NBA draft. Yeah, and as you to your point, two workouts is not a lot for anybody. And, like, that's that's being said, workouts don't guarantee interest either. They could have been, they could have, you know, gone poorly. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. Not they did, but I mean, that's even that's even possible too. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, we obviously don't know, but that's for Zach to gauge to see how well he thinks those workouts went and how just get a feel of where these GMs and teams are, you know, how they evaluate Zach as a player. And we all know the modern big man center is fading in the modern NBA. I mean, it's a rough place to be considering 20 years ago, he would have been probably a lottery pick. Yeah, well, I'd I'd say 30 years ago. I'd say 30 years ago, but yeah. Um, And we're all sitting here not in, you know, his situation. We don't have generational money on the line but it's interesting right. now in the in the era of NIL because he could get a million dollars at Purdue in his last mm-hmm. year. I mean, in theory, he could make more in a senior year at Purdue than he could as a second-round pick. Yes. And that is a world that we are not used to. Um, so the question you have to ask if you're Zach Eady is, what is important to you? What is your goal? Is your goal to strike while the iron is hot as the National Player of the Year um, and say, my stock's never going to be higher, i got to go now, even if that means I'm only going to get drafted in the low second round, if at all? you know, If I'm getting good feedback, do I think that's enough that there's nothing I can do to improve my stock, I'm going to go now? Or is your goal, you know, I want to make money. I want to make the mm-hmm. most money possible. That very well could be coming back to Purdue. Um, yes. You know, the numbers say he's looking at a guaranteed like one to one and a half million dollars if he comes back to Purdue next year via NIL and, and all the various machinations uh, that go along with that. So 
I don't think that is going to be... He's not going to be able to be guaranteed that amount of money as a second round pick. Right. Um, yeah. because I'm very... currently looking... Oops, I'm currently looking at on threes NIL rankings, sort of where they're evaluating players. And as of right now, Edie ranks sixth in college basketball. That's, I mean, that's pretty Oddly good. enough. Yeah, well, three of them that he's behind are Brandon Miller, who's still in the NBA draft, Trace Jackson Davis, still in the NBA draft, and Jalen Wilson, who I believe is also in the NBA draft. So if you take those three out, and I'm disregarding Bronny James just yeah, because I mean... we're not counting him, I mean, <laughs> um, Zach Eady just has the doors wide open for him to make NIL money. And as you said, he could make more coming back to school than he could in the NBA draft. And that is just mind boggling considering where uh, these athletes have been in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just such a turnaround from where they were just even three years ago. So uh, I'm looking at the, projected numbers for the 2023-2024 um, salary cap and minimum contracts for the NBA. Um, as a mm-hmm. rookie, it appears that the minimum salary is $1.1 million. Now, mm-hmm. that is obviously if you get a contract. Um, right. If you look at the the most recent um, NBA draft, uh, 2022, you can go down, obviously, the, the folks in the first round um, all sign contracts, all get a lot of guaranteed money. But if you go into the second round, it's hit or miss if you get a guaranteed contract. I mean, a lot of these guys are signing three-year contracts with two years guaranteed. Um, some you know, haven't even signed. They're playing overseas. Some sign right. two-way contracts that you know, you're not getting very much that way. Um, but as you get further and further down in the second round... A lot of these guys are playing in the G League, are playing overseas, or have signed two-way contracts. And it's just, there's no guarantee if you're an NBA draft pick that you're going to get a big money contract. It's it's a it's right. a tough world out there. Mm-hmm. And for what it's worth, the last mock draft I've seen with Zach Eady in it, most actually don't even have him in it, mind you. Um, the last one I've seen is, is him going 48th overall. So just past midway in the second round to the Clippers. So uh, just for comparison, in the 2022 NBA draft, the 48th pick belonged to the Indiana Pacers. They took Kendall Brown, a forward from Baylor, and he did sign a contract. However, it is a two-way contract, uh, okay. which is not a guaranteed contract really i mean it's a a two-way contract in the nba is where you're signing with the the nba team as well as the g league team if i'm correct mm-hmm. uh, and you're able to bounce back and forth yes so n- not a not a guarantee there at all absolutely so i mean there there's just so many different factors now with nil um to truly determine which is the best best way for him to return and I think it's also fair to point out that if he comes back, he's big man on campus. He's you know known by everyone, but mm-hmm. he's also got to go to school. You know, I mean, maybe that's not something he's interested in. I can't speak to Zach Eady as a student or as how much he's interested in that. I don't know, but it is a lot, a lot of work. It's mentally taxing. 
Um, it's exhausting to be both a full-time student and a full-time athlete. So he's got to take that into consideration as well. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, uh, if I'm going to school and making in the realm of seven figures, I think I could manage that for one. Well, month. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't have the option to come back and, and make $1.5 million. But then again, I am five six. <laughs> so you just you take what you can get. Um, all right. So any other factors we haven't really considered with Zach Eady here? Um, the only other thing I can think of is really his combine numbers, but that again goes into where these teams think about where they're going to draft him. I mean, we found out he's a quick giant monster, so there's that. And I guess the only other thing is like now that his combine numbers say that he's seven three and a quarter do we have to consider him seven three i guess i it's one of those everybody lists their height differently there's just no mm-hmm. way to truly understand how tall someone is anymore uh different in the program different on the website different at the combine different in shoes out of shoes was he in shoes what kind of shoes I, it's just it's right. just ridiculous just he's over seven foot he is very tall for sure. So that's about all I have. All right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna make you uh, go down on the record. Do you think he returns? Why? Why not? I think he does, and I say that because he really would just be on top of the world back at Purdue, and he can make potentially more money as we discussed at Purdue. So I think it's just kind of the best of both worlds there. And then he can go to the NBA draft the following year. He can break more records at Purdue. It just seems to be the ideal situation. Yeah, yeah. So I I tend to agree. I, I've said the entire time I think he's coming back. I think the the fairly Dickinson loss is not how he wants to go out. I think he wants to be the guy to help lead Purdue back to a Final Four which I'm calling right now. If Zach Eady comes back, we're going to the Final Four. It's May 30th, 2023. It's going to happen. We're going to go the Virginia route and make the Final Four after losing to a 16 seed. And I believe Zach Eady coming back is going to be the catalyst that pushes us in that direction. You heard it here first, folks. Hmm. All right. So, I mean, that being said, I guess I'll see you in Phoenix? That's right. That's right. If Hey, if Purdue's in the Final Four, I'm there. I don't care where it is. I'm already going to Maui for the Maui Invitational. Just, you know, water plane tickets. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So there we go, folks. Um, Ryan and I are getting this out um, early tomorrow morning. Hopefully no news breaks in the interim. Uh, Otherwise, this will be worthless. But uh, once he announces, we will come back uh, and record again. That way we can kind of take a look what it means for the roster, whether that be an announcement that he's coming back or an announcement that he is out the door to the NBA draft. So uh, either way, we will be back with you once again later on this week. Thank you for listening. Boiler up. Hammer down.